Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Corey, I want to read uh, a comment that we received on Instagram before we get to our guest. It says, if you want to hear real life stories about the power of cannabis, listen to this show. Support them. I do. And share it with everyone. It can literally save someone's life. How the F do they not have more followers than me? They are literally angels who walk this earth. Well, that's very nice. nice. That's very nice. I like your wings. Thank you, Ian. I made them myself. (laughs) (laughs) And before we get to our guest, I just want to thank those of you who are supporting our podcast by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation, which you can do for as little as five measly dollars a month. That helps us keep running. You can find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. And now to our guest. We talked to our guest uh, almost four years ago, Jen Brown of Connecticut, almost four years ago. Time flies, doesn't it? It does. I can't believe how long it's been, actually. (laughs) I want to read the introduction that we had to your first podcast. It says she was first diagnosed with cancer in her early 20s, and it kept coming back in different parts of her body, including her brain. Pharmaceutical rep Jennifer Maloney, that's before you were uh, divorced. Your Mm -hmm. name now is Jennifer Brown. She's from Connecticut. She underwent conventional treatment over the years only to have cancer return. But when she was diagnosed with breast cancer, along with fighting a serious bout of COVID, a dear friend suggested she try cannabis oil, which she did. And just after Christmas 2020, she was given the all clear. Jen, what's happened to you over the last three and a half years? Oh my gosh. Lots has happened actually. Um, well, before we spoke, I think I just left the pharmaceutical industry and I'm still out no longer in in that, in that world. I'm, I've entered into the cannabis industry, which is great professionally. I love, I love what I do. I work with a, an amazing company right now here in the States doing a lot of their education, which has been great and helping to get their brand out. My health was doing really well and still well, listen, I'm still well, I feel great. Um, but I, you know, after, after bite fighting the cancer and beating the cancer with the RSO before I was struggled finding my maintenance dose, right? I, you know, I couldn't mm-hmm. keep going at a gram a day and nor did I want to really, but you know, I was trying to, to settle into what maintenance dose would work best for me. And I had a couple of little hiccups along the way. Um, I think when I started trying to, um, find that sweet spot, I, I, probably went down too low for a few years. And I did get a little spot in my hip last summer, a little cancerous spot, a little revisit in my hip last summer, but blasted it away right away with RSO. I went right back up to a gram a day and the thing almost went away within, I want to say six weeks, it was gone. By the end of the summer, it was gone. And so I was like, okay, I know my maintenance dose now. And I knew where to stick around with it. 
And uh, unfortunately, about five months ago, we found out that I have a, I had uh, developed a glioblastoma in my brain. Um, so I had to deal with that. And that was, uh, that was a lot. That was a lot to deal with. I, you know, that's a, that's a major, that's a major mm-hmm. um, diagnosis. Jen, when you were saying um, about uh, maintenance dose and hiccups along the way, what kind of hiccups were you talking about? And also with the spot that you, on your hip, did you do suppositories or oral or a combination of both? What would you- Good question. Yeah, really the hiccups along the way, I should have said I had one hiccup along the way. That was the hiccup. You know, I was cruising along in life and, and uh, I was doing a combination of, um, a li- I always do oral at night, helps me sleep. You know, I, I love, I love the oral dose at night. Um, I feel like the oral dose always helped more with the stress and the anxiety that could pop up, but I did, um, I didn't want to take too much orally. So I was doing a combination of suppository and oral, um, and, and cruising right along and feeling great. And I'll be honest with you, the biggest thing I noticed right away before, you know, while I was trying to find that maintenance dose was the benefits that I felt it really helped heal my body from the years of chemo that I had. Mm. Like it literally, I was watching my body change. So once the RSO had to stop fighting the cancer, it really started healing the rest of my body. So I was feeling great, but I did develop a hip pain that I had looked at. Um, and one of my, um, I had at that, the last diagnosis when we spoke last time was I was dealing with a metastatic breast um, cancer. And so it, there was a little, they found a little spot in my hip um, which was again, a little spread of that breast cancer. And so I went right back into a gram a day suppository and oral. So I jacked them both up and just, uh, went to Nantucket. My aunt and uncle have a house in Nantucket and I healed in Nantucket with my RSO, my RSO in hand off, got on the boat and went to Nantucket, but I did do a combination of oral and suppository. And was this a multi-strain or it was a multi-strain? Yeah. Yeah. It was a multi-strain. Yeah. And then, um, came back from Nantucket and the spot was gone. And I was like, okay, note to self, don't, you know, do a little bit more to maintain, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest, the, the challenging part for me is that, you know, and when I'm, I do, a, I, I'm trying to educate people, um, you know, on the benefits of RSO based on my personal experience. And um, I feel like it, you know, once you finish and you get this great diagnosis, you want to just zip back to life as normal. And for a lot of people, myself included, I didn't want to keep taking the RSO. Um, And I think that's the little, that's what happens is you get caught in that, okay, I'm good. I'm healthy. Check the box, move forward and don't look back. Mm -hmm. But RSO for someone like myself who has had metastatic cancer, um, who has a chronic disorder, chronic condition that my cancer pretty much technically can always be active. um, I have to always have a maintenance dose. I will never go a day without RSO again. Um, and unfortunately when I think my physician and I, what we think happened with the glioblastoma that I was just diagnosed with was, um, my maintenance dose is probably going to be a fighting dose. So Mm -hmm. I probably will be doing close to a gram a day for the rest of my life just to stay healthy. Jen, take us back to earlier this year when you were diagnosed before you were diagnosed, what, uh, what sort of symptoms were you experiencing? Um, you know, um, that's a super good question. I get asked that a lot. I didn't really realize, I didn't think I was experiencing any symptoms, but on hindsight, after the diagnosis, I realized I was experiencing symptoms. So I still do get scanned. Um, and I did get a scan as part of, you know, my, my doctor is still following my, 
um, my development and he's putting, he's keeping some research going. Um, so I do still get scanned quite often, even during my healthy times. But, um, one of my scans came back a little funky to him. He was like, something doesn't look right. And I was like, well, I'm telling you, I don't have cancer. I feel great. It's not, it's something else. And he's like, well, you know, let's take a look at some other things. So they ended up doing an image of my brain. And when they did the image of my brain, that's when they saw it. And he's like, yeah, there's something there. And I, 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 I'll be completely honest with you. I've been told I have cancer more times than I can count. That was the one that brought me to my knees for the first time ever. Jen, when you said in hindsight, there were some signs, what were those? So in hindsight, my vision um, was, was changing pretty, pretty quickly, but I chalked it up to age. You know, I just talked, chalked it up to just getting older and my, my vision was changing. Um, I had a problem. I, I was having struggling recalling things, my memory, nothing so significant that I was like, what is wrong with me? Truthfully, I thought it was from the RSO because I did, you know, when we're taking those levels of THC, our, our, my recall was not the same. You know, it does have an effect on that. And so I thought, oh, well, you know, it's just, that's just who I am now. That's what I have to live with. I'm still, you know, that's what I'm going to be doing. So now that I look back and realize that the tumor was in an area of my brain that was affecting my vision, um, that explained the vision the vision change. Um, and obviously some of the memory things that I just didn't put one and one together because I just never even in a million years thought that it, it would be anything but getting older and too much THC with RSO, not too much, but so much that it was, you know, sometimes affecting my recall ability. What went through your mind when you were told you had glioblastoma? I didn't believe it. I, I, I didn't believe it. I was like, I think you're looking at the wrong. There's no way I have never felt better. I, I was exercise. I was getting back to being myself. I was exercising. Um, I remember when I was, you know, just, I was feeling great. I was, life was perfect. I just, I was just, I thought I was in touch with my body after my whole adult life, having cancer on and off. I knew it, I'm the one who would know when I had cancer, not someone else. I always had a feeling in the past. Like I could feel like something was off or in the past, I'd be like, yeah, something's not right. I think, I think something's going on. I think I have cancer somewhere um, or again, or this time I didn't, I was completely blindsided. So, um, but then when I got off the floor, I just said, okay, let's go. Let's, here we go. And I started just, I, you know, I got my, my medication together, medication, meaning my RSO. And I went right away, gram a day right away. And that, and I just went to fight with it. And I, I, the, uh, when I got up off the floor of being shocked immediately, I was like, I've got this because I have RSO. I have so much faith in this plant that I, I never thought for a minute I wouldn't beat it. I was just shocked. I had it. Mm. I just shocked. I had to do it again. So when you did it again, were you doing that same protocol of suppositories in the day and then that oral dose at night? Yeah, no, I changed it up a little bit because I was really, um, you know, glioblastomas, is, it's an aggressive tumor and it's a scary tumor. So I, um, I went, I went to battle a little bit differently this time. I actually would, I did multiple suppositories throughout the day and oral throughout the day. Um, I work for myself now. So I had the luxury of being able to just go and figure out everything around my schedule as opposed to the other way around used to be that I had to figure out my medication around my work. This time it was just all about me and getting better. Um, so I was taking three suppositories a day. I was taking RSO three times a day orally, and I added a nasal spray this time. 
I had done some uh, in a total a day. A gram and a quarter a, a day. A gram and a quarter, yeah. Yeah, the nasal spray is a game changer. Boshadar came up with that, and boy, oh boy. Yeah. Game changer. Game changer, yeah. And I'll tell you something super interesting about the nasal spray is when I, I didn't, I didn't know about the nasal spray at first. I found, you know, I kind of learned it and researched it and found it along the way. Um, so immediately at first I was doing oral and suppository. And then, um, I did have, um, an image of my brain. Um, well, to be honest with you, when you get diagnosed with cancer, I'll back up for a second. Everybody wanted me to do surgery and chemo and radiation and Jen, this is, you're not going to be able, this is a glioblastoma. There's no way RSO. And I was like, everybody just has to calm down and let me fight my disease my way. And I, I had made a deal with my family that if after one round of 60 grams, if things didn't look better, I would consider some alternatives. I mean, some uh, traditional routes, but I said, I need you to give me the space. And I agreed partially through to get an image done to see where we stand. My mom couldn't stand it. She couldn't stand waiting. So I said, okay, I'll get an image just to see what it looks like and see if this, you know, RSO is moving it at all. Now it hadn't shrunk at first, but my doctor said, that's a, that's a good thing. Cause this is a fast growing tumor. So that's a win. That's a win that it has not, we're, we're, we're taking that as a win. So my mom settled down and that was, that was good. It was during that time I learned about the nasal spray and that's when I added the nasal spray in mm -hmm. and my next image, it had shrunk by half. It just, that nasal spray to your point, that's what made me think of it, Corey, was that nasal spray was a game changer for me. Yeah. It's a game changer in the industry. Yeah. You know, um, one thing that we're finding for listeners out there, uh, it's anybody who's going through any kind of traditional treatment or not going through traditional treatment with esophageal or oral cancer of any kind. But often, of course, mm -hmm. when people have had chemo or radiation, their mouths are full of sores. Just spraying the nasal spray into the mouth is very, very okay. effective. But yeah, that yeah. nasal spray is a game changer. That is for sure. And it's so nice to just have a another way of coming at those brain tumors. So, so how often were you doing the nasal spray, Jen? I was doing it every night every, before yeah, I went How to many bed. sprays would you do? Just one. Just one spray. Yeah. Just one spray. You know, yep. you, what was the strength of the uh, uh, nasal spray? Do you know? I want to say it was five point. Uh, it was uh, uh, five milliliters. Does that sound right? Is that what you're talking about? Like how much of it I was taking? percent of the THC was in it. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about my dosage. Um, percentage of THC was uh, 87%. Like was there a, so you had it in a nasal spray bottle? Mm -hmm. So how much was contained in the nasal spray bottle, please? In terms of the whole. The oil. You mean how many grams? Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the nasal spray was 10 grams. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Sorry. I misunderstood yeah, the question. Well, I apologize. I'm probably <laughs> not too articulate. having got up at four, you know, <laughs> Blame it um, a shout out to your um, podcast. I learned about the nasal spray listening to some, an interview on your yeah, podcast because oh, sure. I listen to them all the time. And that's what, that's how I learned about the thing that actually saved my life. So the work you guys do is saving a lot. It's amazing. The education, the information and the hope and everything that is part of this podcast is, uh, is incredible. So thank you for that. Cause that it's through a uh, interview. I learned about it. Awesome. So Jen, how long did it take before you eliminated the tumor? It took five months. Five months. Pretty darn mm -hmm. good. The none too shabby there. 
Not too bad. It took me five, I would say maybe four and a half months, four and a half months, but yeah, right around there. Yeah. And I do think it would have been sooner if I had introduced the um, nasal spray sooner. Yeah. I think I had already done, um, I think I'd already done 15 grams before I introduced 15 grams of RSO before mm-hmm. I introduced the nasal spray. Um, it took me almost five months and a 75 grams, 76 grams of RSO. Do you know, uh, over the years, we've interviewed more than 20 people who've had brain cancers, and all of them, all but one, are alive today. And all That's of them amazing. are thriving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel great. I was showing, I was showing, um, I was showing a friend of mine some pictures. You know, she came over to visit me while I was while I was treating myself. And she's just like, there's no way you have a gl- look at you. You look amazing. Like you look so good. You look normal. And, uh, uh, she's like, that's not what you looked like when you had cancer before. And I'm like, I know because it's the chemo that made me look that way. The treatment that, that they give to people is almost, I think it's worse than the, the disease itself. If I'm going to be honest with you, it's horrible and it just destroys you. And it's just such a different way to fight cancer, especially, a, you know, such an aggressive cancer and still be able to go out and live my life is amazing. It's priceless and it works. And, you know, it's, it's healing everything. It's just, I, I can't even speak enough about it. And did you, uh, you know, obviously you've been this on this cancer journey off and on. Uh, and well, first of all, how many times have you been diagnosed with cancer? That's a good question. Um, I think this was my 10th primary cancer. Um, and then there's another six or seven, uh, metastatic, you know, you know, different time when it would, uh, my breast cancer metastasize into like four different locations, three different times. Wow. So Jen, did you, uh, back then change your diet? And if so, did you stay with that diet through these different bouts of cancer? Or did you kind of go back to maybe a sort of more, more relaxed way of eating? Talk to me about what your diet looks like, please. You know, that's a, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I, when, when I had my, um, years ago, when I had the, I really didn't feel like I was sick until my cancer metastasized the first time. For some reason, I just was like it. Cause I was, I don't know if you remember, but I was diagnosed for the first time at 22 years old. So my whole adult life, I had cancer. So it never, I never felt scared until it metastasized. When it metastasized, I was like, wow, I'm sick. This is serious. So that was when I made my diet changes for the first time which was probably about eight years ago, nine years ago, maybe. And I I eliminated all processed foods, all sugar, all carbs. I just would eat um, basically like a very strict keto kind of diet, just very um, high, high, high vegetables, protein, high vegetable, you know, some protein, but no carbs and no sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I did that throughout for many years during, during, during my bout. But to your point, when I got, when finally the cancer went away, you know, and the RSO was successful and I was going back to living my life, you know, I got lazy. My Mm -hmm. diet definitely started like sneaking back um, into how I, how I was eating before. So, you know, there is that piece that I think, you know, is a, is a really critical part of the journey too. what you put in your body as well. Um, I have a good friend, Carmen, who you also interviewed, and she's the one who introduced me to RSO to begin with. She did the opposite diet. You know, it seems like there's a couple of different mind, you know, s- thoughts, schools of thoughts out there with the diet. She does no fats, 
all, vegan with no fats or anything. So we have these two totally separate diets. So it's interesting how we watch we watch each other and 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 kind of like she's like you got lazy on your diet. I'm like I know I know and every I, I did too. I knew it. So the diet I think is a huge part of it as well. So I'm back to no sugar. Good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, what, what, one of the diagnosis to make you adjust your diet. <laughs> yeah, one of the things we talk about with people very often is the diet, and those people who are most successful are the ones who say they've got this, they're going to beat it, and they change their diet. Yeah. And but as you say, it's very, very easy just to slip in pie and ice cream here and there, isn't it? Yeah, for me, it's not even my sweets come in the form of a potato. (laughs) So like for me, I I have an I have no problem. I mean, to the I, we all have our vice, right? And Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to food, we all have our thing that we like the most. Um, for me, it was the carbohydrates that kept sneaking in and sneaking in and sneaking in. And um, they wreak havoc too. You know, it's that I mean, the whole thing and your body, your body treats it like it's sugar. So Um, it pretty much doesn't know the difference, but you know, you just keep, you know, you just get lazy and get lazy. The one thing I didn't get lazy with is I didn't reintroduce, you know, processed foods to my diet. I found that eating clean foods really was the better way to go. And that was an easy lifestyle change to, to maintain. But for me, it was the carbohydrates, um, wine. I added wine back into my diet. Um, and, um, you know, the, the occasional sweets and the sugars that just come in so many things, salads, dress, you know, there's so many things that sugars come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was for me, that was, that was, a, that was a little bit of a problem, but again, it's just, you start feeling good. It's like anything else. You start feeling better, you get back to your regular life and it's easy to slip back into those bad old habits. Were your doctors surprised at uh, the elimination of your brain tumor? Or um, used to you doing this now? <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have a traditional oncologist anymore. I literally had to, I made the decision when I, when I last um, beat it with RSO, I said, I, um, and my, my actual, my physician left and went to Israel to do some, to do some uh, work out there. Um, I decided that no matter what happens in my life, if I got cancer again, I would never go back to anything tradition. So I really didn't want to. I got, I tried to meet with a couple of oncologists. They just didn't understand my philosophy and what I wanted to do. Um, so I participated in, um, I meet, I met up with a doctor out of Miami who's been really great with me and I've just wanted to treat everything, um, my way. Mm-hmm. And I just almost didn't want to know, but because my, um, my original oncologist who's in Israel doing, doing some work, unfortunately with what's going on over there, it's, well, I can't, but, um, he, um, I only do, I only kept up on my scans and thankfully I did for him, for his data, for his research. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm, but I'm glad I did. Cause that's how we found, found this whole new one. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you talk about uh, chemotherapy because, and the impact it had on you because in episode 400, we talked to this woman in Newfoundland whose daughter had leukemia mm-hmm. and she's in the hospital uh, getting um, chemo. chemotherapy. And the nurse spilled a bit of the chemo and she told her to get out of the room, get out of the room. And mother said, why? She says, because if it gets on you, it can cause cancer. And they had hazmat people come in. No, my God. doesn't surprise me, but oh my God. They had, yeah, they had hazmat people come in. So here they are giving someone chemotherapy, which can cause cancer on the outside. Can you imagine what the hell it does on the inside? 
Yeah. You know, I will never put that through my veins again. I can tell you that. But um, I think for me to that point, now that I've been off of it for so many consecutive years, um, I feel like a completely different person. So I, I can't mm-hmm. even imagine how toxic and awful it is to not only get rid of the cancer, but it took me five years without it before I actually started feeling good five years post chemo Mm. before I actually started feeling kind of good, you know, kind of normal. And now we're another few years and maybe two years out after that, I'm starting to feel like totally different. Like, like I can't even, I I can't even explain it. Like I feel like a human being I, and so that's when I think about how long it took my body to heal from the chemo itself over five years, that tells you how destructive that stuff is. Really. Do you you feel better now than you did prior to being first diagnosed with cancer in your twenties? I feel better now than I've ever felt in my entire life. Yep. hundred percent. I do. I do. Um, you know, I was younger then, obviously. So I probably had a little, I definitely had more energy and stuff back then. But I, I think back even like, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel, I just feel like a different person. It's a really hard thing to put my finger on, but there's no, I don't have the aches and pains and I don't, I just, I don't need 10 hours of sleep anymore. I don't need like my body's not having the need to rest as much. I do have more energy in that I ha- I always I'm always running and running and running and people are always saying to me, "How are you doing this? How do you how do you do as much as you do in a day?" And I it I don't even realize I'm doing that much in a day because it's not bothering me. I didn't have this kind of energy even in my 20s to be honest with you. Not energy, but like feeling good. And I guess mm-hmm. it's energy too. But like just feeling feeling so much better sleeping better, um, eating better, everything, everything's better. Jen, when you, given that you've had cancer 10 different times, does what sort of psychological impact that have on you or does have on you? Yeah, um, it does. To me, that's been almost, you know, the RSO totally takes care of the physical part of what's going on, but I'm there. it, It does take a huge toll on you. It's like living. I use the analogy, um, it's kind of like living your life with someone with a gun to your back, walking behind you all the time and just saying, I can pull this trigger anytime I want. Just remember that I can do that anytime I want. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and that's a very emotionally exhaustive way to live. Mm-hmm. Um, just always on high alert, just always on high alert. Um, I will say before this last diagnosis um, of the, the glioblastoma, I was just starting to worry a little bit less about it. Um, and I thought to myself, well, God, this is just going to put me back to where I was before. Like the nightmare is always going to be there. The gun is going to be back in my back, you know, that kind of that thought, but it did the exact opposite because I was successful in eliminating such an, in, um, a, 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 an evasive cancer in this glio successfully with RSO I am no longer afraid at, a, a, at all because I know I have this tool in my toolbox that I know will take care of anything. I have that much faith. And so that took the fear away from me. With that said, while I was going through this glio, this glio I, um, 
it was the most emotional I'd ever been with any of my cancers because I did have a lot of moments of when I, I I'm I'm very strong. I have a very strong mindset there, but we're all human. And there mm-hmm. were times when my mindset would get to a, a, you know, just like slip a little where the fear would step in and I'd be like, oh my God, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? I'm not doing chemo. Mom, I love you. And I know you're going to listen to this interview. And I know I promised you I would do chemo if I had to, but I had no intention of doing chemo. <laughs> I, there was no way. It's not happening. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so that I had those moments of nerves, but now that I made it through, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm a lot lighter too. I just, I'm not afraid anymore for the first time in a long time. Oh, that's- is, is, is your mom uh, supportive of what you've been doing? She is. She is amazing. So I remember the first time I told my mom that I was doing it. Um, she was very supportive of it, which shocked me because she's a very, you know, she's a by the book mom, you know, she's, mm-hmm you know, she doesn't even drink. So for me to be like, Oh mom, I have this thing. I found out. Um, it's THC, it's RSO. I'm going to do it with the suppository. I'm going to be doing a gram of it a day. And it's, you know, thousands of dollars and I might need you to help me pay for it. She's like, here's a check. I was shocked because I thought she'd be like, you what cannabis, what? No. And she was supportive day one. And she's been, she's always been supportive. This, when I got the, this, this diagnosis, she looked at me, she goes, I know what you're going to do. And it scares me this time. Can we please, can you please have the operation? Will you at least have surgery? Will you at least, you know, she got nervous. She supported my decision, but going back to what I had mentioned to her before, there were some checks and balances that I promised to make along the way to help her sleep better at night. When you got the all clear, what did she say? Um, she was shocked, but she wasn't surprised if that makes sense. You know, Mm -hmm. she's like, there's something that I knew that I knew you could do this again, but I was scared, but you know, we were all shocked. We were all elated. Um, she is a cannabis, she's a cannabis girl now, you know, she, (laughs) she supports my career choices in this industry. She supports my therapeutic choices in this industry. And in fact, she's a walking billboard now. Anybody who she hears has cancer. She's like, oh, my friend has cancer. So she, oh, here's call Jen. Jen will fix her. Jen, Jen's got her. So she's kind of like my walking billboard. So people, I have a lot of people calling me and asking me a lot of um, great questions about it. And I, I'm happy to be a resource. You got to buy her a bottle of wine. I know. I wish she would drink it. She wouldn't drink it with me. She's not, <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she won't, she won't drink it, but Oh, I will tell you, she may kill me for saying this. We'll find out. Um, she's a cannabis girl now too. Well, that's what I'm she takes to the, ask you there. Yeah. 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 Yep. She struggles with sleep and, uh, I've got her, I've got her on some nice edibles and, uh, and now she's sleeping like a baby and she doesn't like to go without them now for her good night's sleep. So she is now partaking in the cannabis with us. Jen, I just want to backtrack a bit on the nasal spray. Do you still take it? Now I do. With the all clear, you still take it. Yeah. I do. And um, I'm, I'm going to start, um, I'm going to start slowing down on that. Um, I will tell you that all of these things, and this is me, all of these things have become my little safe, my little safety blanket. Um, I'm a little bit nervous to stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I'm going to finish this second cycle and then I'm going to evaluate. And so when I, when I get through this second cycle, that'll be 120 grams. Um, then I'm going to really start tapering things down a little bit. Um, I'm nervous because the last time I tapered, look, you know, this is what happened. Yeah. So I really have to do some soul searching on what that's going to look like. 
Well, instead of taking it every day, every alternate day to start. Yep, that's exactly what, that's one of the strategies I was thinking about, you know, doing that every other day um, and then just kind of taking it, taking it from there. I think for, I think for a year, I'll be taking it in some, uh, for some reason I have in my head, I want to have this be gone for a year, you know, for sure gone for a year. Um, And that's just my own mindset. That's my own mental security, if you will. But I think that was the strategies I was thinking about is going every other day with the nasal spray, because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't like the nasal spray. Out of all of the ways to take it, it's the one that I didn't love. But, you know, listen, you got to do what you got to do. And it's a heck of a lot better than chemo or radiation or any of the other nonsense stuff they would have tried to do to me. What didn't you like about it? You know, it just, I didn't like just the idea of putting it in my nose. It's just something about it just bothered me. Yeah, yeah. And I got intensely high from it that way. It was like a very big, like, whew, okay. Like I, I just felt mm-hmm. it. it. It definitely had an effect on me that was different than I felt before. So I didn't, I didn't love taking it, um, but I won't stop until I'm really comfortable and ready to, 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 to stop. You get used to it. Like anything else, you get used to it. Corey, I've got to try that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's different. It's definitely different. Yeah. Well, I think uh, what you've done over the, course of the years, you've found your sweet spot and uh, you've kind of cleansed your body for the most part of your chemotherapy that you underwent Mm -hmm. a number of years ago. And uh, you're starting a new life and uh, you're healthy. And I think that's fantastic. Thank you. I do too. I, you know, I feel great and, and, you know, I'm living the, the back nine of my life exactly the way I want to. And there's something very liberating about that, isn't there? You know, professionally doing what I want to do, um, taking complete control of my own health and care and health care. Um, and, uh, you know, living, living now the way, exactly the way that I want to. I think I, I think I earned it based on the first 30 years of my adult life. <laughs> yeah. You may be on the back nine, but you got a long way to go to get to the clubhouse. I sure do. I sure do. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. Janet, it was wonderful to talk to you. Uh, thanks very much, and good luck to you in the future. I think uh, I think you'll be fine. I think so, too. Thank you. And I just want to thank you guys again. It was because of your podcast that I discovered the very thing that I think truly made a difference in my last my last care for myself. So um, it could have been – who knows? Who knows? I could still be – who knows? But thank you for that. You guys do good work, I, and uh, we all appreciate it. Thank you. We so appreciate much. your comment. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already, and we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. It helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at the TalkingHedgePodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.